This is a HeadGum Podcast. Craig engages the warp engines because we're headed to Squarespace. Whoa! <laughs> uh, Squarespace is a special place in the universe where you can go if you want to make a really good website. Um, the Squarespace turns your cool idea just like through mental osmosis into a new website. <laughs> Helps you showcase your work, blog, or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, promote your physical or online business, announce an upcoming event or special project, and more in case it's not clear. Squarespace is a website that helps you make websites. That space thing I did was a joke. Uh, they help you make websites using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They give you built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever, and 24-7 award-winning customer support, among many, many other things. So if you want to make a good website, and if you want to go through a wormhole and arrive in the Squarespace, go to squarespace.com overdue for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your spaceship, use the offer code Overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. Hey everybody, welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And it's Children's Book Week. It is Children's Book Week once again. We've celebrated this many times, but not any time since any of us have had a children. No, that's true. So this is our first Children's Book Week in which one of us is responsible for a child. He's asleep right now. Hooray. Good. Hooray. <laughs> Knock on all the wood. Um, the, the, his crib, though, because that will get dicey. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, for this week's show, we are talking about oh, the, the, the concept of the show. One of us reads a book. We tell the other person about it. You get to uh, benefit from that exchange. Um, this week, we are talking about the Llama Llama series by Anna Dudney. Um, I read Llama Llama Red Pajama for the per first time on Andrew's recommendation. Mm -hmm. And then you, Andrew, read a couple other Llama Llama books. Which, yeah, what are the titles? Hit there me. are about like two dozen of these books. And so I chose some just because they were uh, cheap and then some because <laughs> I really needed to know what the story was. So I read uh, Llama Llama Loves to Read, Llama Llama Graham and Grandpa, which is kind of a bit of a slant rhyme or just the the rhythm llama llama you know? grom and grandpa grom and grandpa and then llama llama mad at mama which oh, is the one no. where I, just, I really needed to know what the deal was because oh, on man. the cover of this book i don't know if you've seen i've this not one, seen that particular cover no but he is really staring daggers at i guess the reader or maybe mama uh oh! Here, let, me pull let me just go pull this up for you real fast. Yeah, you give me Dump that. Dump the old slack. Yep, not an endorsement. We just use it. It's just our communication tool. Oh, but that is a surly llama. <laughs> yeah, look how mad he's he inside of a shopping cart and he's mad about it. He is mad at mama. The cover time. of the original book published in 2005, Llama Llama Red Pajama, is actually the one I have. I guess the version that I see is there's a very stressed out llama in red pajamas 
in a bed holding a toy llama um, that also looks stressed out. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the version that we have. That's yes. the one that I read, Henry. Um, and, yeah. It's very fitting that we're talking about a book or a book series about animals living in homes, Andrew. I'll just provide a quick update. There's a <laughs> raccoon in my wall. It's, there's an adolescent a, raccoon. Adolescent raccoon. I like how specific the people you talk to are without knowing details we like sent without them, having seen this raccoon we sent them audio recordings of this raccoon through our wall and they said that's an adolescent raccoon that probably fell in through a tunnel after it came from probably three doors down oh boy and then she did not start singing superman but i thought that maybe she would oh, she should have um so i'm waiting sometime in the next 12 hours a man will hopefully come into my house wearing a mask i hope and cut a hole in a wall and take a raccoon away. Um, <laughs> and I, I, am gonna, I am gonna need you to send me that audio in a little bit, but not yes. right now. I'm in a place a where I have a lot of fe- like very positive feelings towards animals. I've been watching a lot of the Animal Planet show, The Zoo. Um, I really love animals and I really love the animals in this book. So it's been very frustrating to me today to be so mad at an animal that I've never <laughs> met before. I mean, nature is healing. We are the virus. That's we just... are the virus. Raccoons were always meant to be in these walls. Yeah. That's God. where they originally lived before we kicked them out and put insulation in there. Shout out to animals living in walls everywhere. I stand in solidarity against you. Um, let's talk about Anna Dudney. I'll give a, another raccoon update next week just so folks know. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> Anna Dudney, born in 1965. We tragically lost her in 2016. Um, but she published a lot of these Llama Llama books um, from Englewood, New Jersey, good old Bergen County, Andrew. Um, Yay! Oh yeah, I live there. Yeah, she went to Wesleyan University to study art. Uh, Afterwards, she was a mail carrier. She was a waitress. She was a teacher at a boarding school, Uh, and then she landed some jobs illustrating uh, the peppermint. The first was the Peppermint Race by Dan Curtis Regan, Uh, and then what I think was continuing to teach when she got the Llama Llama series off the ground. Um, There's at least one story she told in an interview where like she got a call about it getting an offer for Llama Llama, then had to go teach a class and then came back and someone else was calling about an offer for Llama Llama, which is a pretty sweet deal. Um, Because she, you know, she thought she was basically like screaming and thought that people, you know, her neighbors were maybe thinking something was wrong. And no, she had sold a book about llamas. Um, (laughs) And it's been like, as you said, two dozen or so of these books um, she's got at a couple, least, yeah. At the, least, like yeah. I, I, I had a hard time finding a complete list that wasn't shot through with like other books or like yeah. related, like like Mad Lib, Llama Llama Mad Lib. <laughs> <laughs> there are some based on like secondary characters, like yes. Nellie New. Okay, or is it Gnu? How do you pronounce GNU? Is it New? Oh, I, I do not new. know. I'm pretty sure it's New. Okay, just. There's also so there's a um there's, there's a pangolin a, book too, right? There's a Netflix animated yeah, yeah. series that's on the show that's run for two seasons. It, came, it was released initially in 2018, then the second season came out in 2019. And I think I think most of the animal names are 
the same as they are in the book. So we've got uh, Billy Goat is one. Yep. Nelly New, Zelda Zebra, Roland Rhino. Okay. Officer Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Lenora Leopard. Yeah, nice. Ramona Rhino and Eleanor Elephant. Eleanor Elephant is good. So I do um, got it. Like, Llama Llama, it does, it feels like we're in a Mario Mario sort of situation. Oh, sure. But it was like if they had named Mario Human and his name had been Human Human. Yeah. It's just a, it's. <laughs> I mean, sure. is is the titular llama in this book, and we'll talk about this when we get into the text, is the is the main character named Llama Llama or Baby Llama? Because the, Okay. That's that's an interesting question. And Llama Llama loves to read. He's he's writing his name with letters. Yes. Nelly New or Gnu is sitting next to him and has written Nelly New on a piece of paper, and he has written Llama Llama. So I've gotta assume that is first name, last name, Llama Llama. Okay. And it is, do we know it's a he? I actually don't know. I guess it I just, ass- hmm. It's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I do know. Click through some books. Yeah, okay, it's great. a he. Okay. Llama knows the first. Yes, yes. He can say the maybe see. Um, I do know that in the Netflix series, Mama Llama, who we'll talk about a lot on this show, I think, uh, is played by Jennifer Garner. Um, you know, hit star of stuff. Um, the, alias, ghost, maybe Ghost Whisperer. Is that, is that her? her? No, that's Jennifer Love <laughs> <laughs> Copious Jennifers. Um, there are a lot of like brunette sort of yeah actors. Like who's Manny Moore, the one from This Is Us? Like they they yes. all ex- ex- could be the same person in my brain. They might as well be. Uh, the book series have been adapted into several children's musicals. Um, after Anna Dudney passed away, they ever the Every Child Reads program started an Anna Dudney Read Together Award that's given out every year uh, to a picture book that is both a superb read aloud and also sparks compassion, empathy, and connection. Um, this year's reader was Thank You, Amu by Oge Mora. Last year's was The Rabbit Listened by Carrie Dorfield. That book slaps. That's a great book. Um, we've given it to people as a gift multiple times. I don't know if we gave it to you guys, but I if you don't recognize that one, but we have so many, books. I know you do um, a book about Humpty Dumpty called after the fall and a book called Edward Gets- <laughs> after the fall. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, either about Lucifer or Humpty Dumpty uh, and a book called Edward gets messy, um, which is, Ooh. they're all good titles. Um, but so yeah, the, the, the every child, a reader, foundation organization mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. same one that does children's book week and so uh you mentioned to me that children's book week was coming up and i saw that they had this anna Dudney award and oh, I, sure. I, I, I do llama llama about once a week like for, for henry yes he's not he's still not really so he's nine months old he's still not like really following along to any significant degree it's still mostly about like feeling the the pages and and just listening to my voice and like looking at the pictures. Um, And so depending on how cranky he is or how tired he seems, I will either, I will pick, I know what books are short and what ones are long. Llama Llama is on the longer end. So I don't read it as much as I do like a uh, a Sandra Boynton book or a hungry caterpillar. Yes. This book has a little bit of an arc to it that we'll talk about. It does. Yeah. So like Llama Llama and like little engine that could the board book version are both on the longer end of Henry's rotation Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'll share real quick the inspiration for this series uh, that she has talked about. Um, she gave a lot of interviews in the 2010s as this series was really taking off um, with, with an interview with themomcreative.com. Um, the reason I chose a llama for my series is because I love the sound of the word. I used to drive around Vermont with my children, mooing at cows and clucking at the chickens. And when I saw llamas, I had no idea what they said. So I would say llama llama. <laughs> Uh, and then the basic story from the first book is about her experience of putting her two children to bed at night as well as her own fear of being alone as a child and this llama does seem stressed out often um so we'll talk about that um and then she has talked in a in an interview with the hornbook.com or hbook.com um about like creating books for kids and what works um, you know, she thinks it has to have a compelling relevance to a child's inner world. Uh, it should be fun for everyone in the room. Uh, and that sometimes kids like seemingly unappealing books simply because those books address a developmental need. So that's that's her as an educator and as a writer of children's books kind of giving some sort of voice to why your two-year-old or three-year-old might be picking the same book over and over because they are like stuck on a concept or an emotion or something like that. Yeah, I think all parents, <laughs> my my parents included, uh, definitely were sick of some books. And it's a double-edged sword, right? Because if you've read it enough that you are sick of it as a parent, the kid has heard it enough that if you try to skip pages like my dad did, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what's going on and it becomes a big, it's, it becomes a whole thing. <laughs> Uh, is there anything you wanted to share about like board books or anything, Andrew? I know you were yeah. doing a little reading on that. I was just uh, I was curious about this this form. So a board book, for those of you who are not just surrounded by them every minute of every day, is a um, it is a book that it's it's a children's book. It's not very long. It's it's primarily primarily illustrated with like one or two sentences on each page, and it's usually like one like one a page is either one side of one piece of cardboard or it's like two, there are two pieces of cardboard like glued together and there's a page on each one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's all, it's all like one big piece. Usually like it is, it's the, the there's no like a binding. It's all just one big thing. floppy piece of cardboard with yeah, a story and, and, in it. Yeah. And they are designed to be like grabbed and thrown around and stuck in mouths. And yes, yeah, that's important. And to, to, Stand up to a lot of abuse, but also not give kids paper cuts. That's important. So it's yeah, it's it's both about like keeping your kids safe from the razor sharp edges of regular pages, and also giving them a little bit of leeway to manipulate books themselves without like damaging anything. Yeah, that's or important. Ruining, ruining the book. And so, partly, so so the the main piece I found is called the history of the bendable, durable, chewable board book. It's by Olivia Campbell. It's a good read, and we'll link it on um, our social media feeds this week. I imagine um, she wanted to find what the you know what the provenance of this format was, like when the when the first one came out, and and just like what the deal with it was. Um, and it turns out that it's hard to track down. So there's there's another person, uh, Allison Kaplan. Uh, from the information school at the University of Wisconsin um, who tried to track this down. And it turns out that just because these are baby books or young children's books, 
they usually like they they get thrown out they get disintegrated they they just get loved to death in some way so it's hard to find really really old ones because they just weren't designed to to like live yeah 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 because i know that, i mean there are a few that we have that are from our childhoods like mine and and susanna's but mostly they don't hold up or they get given away to somebody else like it's just yeah um it's it's a format that's hard to research so as as close as like kaplan and and um campbell can tell they date back to like the 19th century and then the early 20th century um there was a so the 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 piece I mentioned, the uh, bendable, durable, chewable board book one, starts by sort of putting it in context and, and tracing the development of of children's lit over the course of a few centuries, um, as it became like less explicitly educational and a little bit like softer and more entertainment oriented. Like obviously, education is still a a big part of it, of but it. yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, it's it's not like a just a straight up. Here's the alphabet, kid. Shut up. <laughs> which That's is what I imagine. What all kids wanted. Educational yes. books were were like. a hoop and a stick and the letters on some pages. That's all kids wanted. Um, but starting as early as 1902, um, people started making these like cloth books. They were the sort of a pre- precursor to. To board books and they were meant to be yeah like a, a kid could manipulate them and and bite them and then the books could be washed and reused like it, it was all about durability and and uh, making something that like preschool and younger kids could handle safely sure sure um and then because of the wars in the early 20th century uh maybe you've heard of them world nope. war one yep. and two okay uh cloth was often being rationed and, and hard to come by and so that's where you would you would get stuff like the board book oh okay um yes yeah, so that's that's the main thing um it's it's hard to it's you can't say like oh D- gregory board book well or like the board book or this particular it sounds like they came about um organic sort of organically and maybe like it wasn't like a publisher was like i invented board books for right, the yeah. children mm-hmm. um it sounds like it was like fitting a need enough people found different solutions to it and then you know kids books were popular enough that everybody had a reason to maybe make some yeah it's it's always been a it's it's been a very um it's very functional format and it's been very popular um Campbell says in her piece, it is actually one of the bigger growth markets for books right now. Uh, Campbell says, uh, according to Nielsen, sales rose 7.4% over the previous year in 2016. And from 2010 to 2015, sales skyrocketed from 17 million units to 31 million units. Wow. (laughs) Um, And I know like a lot of children's books were like reissued as board books. And then some of them are also like abridged and reissued. Like we have a couple of, um, we have Fox, like a, a copy of Fox and socks, for example, that sure. is basically the Dr. Seuss book, but it is, it has stuff cut out because okay. otherwise you'd have a board book that was like six inches thick. And that's just not, <laughs> no, you can't do that's, <laughs> that's a weapon. You can't practical. do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. The board books. Well, I'm. I spend so much time reading these bad boys. I just want to know a little bit about them. I'm not bored, but we got to talk about a book. Let's take a quick break and get into it. (laughs) 
Craig, I grew up surrounded by boxes, but none of them have cool things made by women and for women in them. Can you help me? I can. With this Overdue is brought to you in part this week by the folks at CauseBox, Andrew. It's a subscription box curated by women for women that's filled with amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Exactly what you're looking for. Wow, that's really convenient. (laughs) It really is, and that I had all that language to hand. Each box has half a dozen products, stuff from skincare to jewelry to homewares. It's like $250 worth of products for only $50. Uh, we got w- like one a few weeks ago. It came with a duffel bag, a reusable bento box, this like metal tumbler, uh, a portfolio and jade rollers. Laura has been digging the earrings and she also has been using the tumbler for coffee like every day. Yeah, they're like nice and home together. <laughs> nice little minimalist earrings, which when you have a yes. nine month old, you don't want big hangy dangly. You do not. You do, you do just want nice looking little studs. So. <laughs> Yeah, Laura like Laura likes them because they look nice, and she's on a lot of Zoom calls. She's on a lot of video calls, uh, and it's something that she can trust is going to look yeah, good every day. There's a lot of reason to look good from roughly the bottom of your neck up these days. Correct, Amundo. Um, <laughs> and if you want to know where any of the products came from, there's a zine inside the box that'll tell you more about it. It comes in the mail with free shipping, and it's like getting yourself or someone in your life a box full of surprises. So the best part, of course, is that our listeners get an exclusive discount. They just go to causebox.com/overdue. Use the code OVERDUE to get your first box for 30% off, as in you can get your first box worth over 250 bucks for less than 39 bucks. Go check out CauseBox right now. You'll love these surprises. Andrew, there's a llama in this book. And, there are uh, multiple llamas in this book. Well, there are two llamas in this book. One is named Llama Llama, and one is named Mama Llama, um, who deals with much baby llama drama over the course of the book. And in case you can't tell, the whole point of these is how fun it is to say llama and rhyme things with llama. That's very true. That's very true. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about the book Llama Llama Red Pajama. I also want to hear about the books that you read. Um, that you talked about earlier. Definitely yeah. Llama Llama, Mad at Mama, we will need to spend some time with. Right, yeah. So I, I th- think you need to talk about the original Llama Llama Red Pajama first so we get like a sense of the characterization and also of the kinds of sick rhymes that Anzudni yes. is dropping. That's true, that's true. And then we can move on to these other books that sort of flesh out the Llama Llama cinematic universe. Correct, correct. Um, the the first page of this book, Llama Llama Red Pajama, reads a story with his mama. Um, and it is two very calm-looking llamas reading a book. <laughs> um, I like this as an opening to a kid's book that you might read to a kid because, like, right away, uh, the kid getting read to gets to identify with llama. The parent reading gets to identify with mama. Like, that is super clutch. Um the there is a stuffed llama in this image mm-hmm. that llama llama has and that toy is stressed all the time its eyes it, are bugging out is it i forget or is it its eyes always bugging out or does it like reflect the the no it, facial expressions of llama llama it is well in this book this is like the only page where llama llama is not stressed out and the toy is also stressed out which i find to be a really good element of foreshadowing <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you based on Llama Llama Grandma and Grandpa that 
it changes. Uh, the, the, well, the toy is called Fuzzy Llama. I just okay, to good to know. Good to know. You could use, yeah. Great. Um, so then we move. You know, Mama Llama has stuff to do. Mama kisses baby's hair. Mama Llama goes downstairs, and you can tell that Llama Llama's a little worried. Um, the art in this book is really gorgeous. The room is rendered mostly in like shades of blue, including the bed, so that the llama brown pops, the red pajamas pop. Well, it also conveys nighttime, right? It, do- it conveys nighttime as well, yes. I don't know what this looks like if there are more lights on. Uh, the third page of this book, well, I guess maybe it's page five, depending. I was reading it digitally, is very stressful. Uh, Llama Llama Red Pajama feels alone without his mama, and he is in a dark void of worry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you're viewing him through a wormhole, uh, and he wants a drink, I guess, that maybe will make him feel better. Um, but he looks stressed out that Mama Llama is not around anymore. Right. And no he, he baby, no a... baby has ever felt this way, right? Andrew, <laughs> it's so strange. Well, I mean, he he wants a drink, but it's not about the drink. No. It's about the person who brings the drink. That's and true. Trapping them in your web of <laughs> need to ask them to do more stuff for you. And Mama Llama's at the kitchen sink, like she's washing dishes. She's got stuff to. She has one plant in the window that she's trying to take care of. I'm very invested in Mama Llama's independent the phone, life. The phone rings? I don't even know who. Oh, yes. We're going to get I gotta there. Ass- I got to assume based on modern parenting that it's some member of the PTA asking for eight hours of work to be done in the next 12 hours. <laughs> yes. So Baby Llama's like, yo, Mama, we got to talk. You got to come up here. And she's like, I'm washing dishes. Shut up. And he <laughs> is like very stressed in his room, but he is staying in his bed. And he does start to fret, it says, which is like... You know, it, again, I think my overall like positive response to this book, it, it, it's the experience of talking about it on the show is giving me an opportunity to put into words what I really find moving about really good children's books is that they give the parent and the kid an opportunity to name feelings and put them in a context, like give them to a character that the kid might identify with. And say like, oh, well, here's what happened when this character felt that way. So that when you feel that way, we can talk through it like using a reference point. Like using this llama in clothes as a reference point. Mm-hmm. Um, llama Llama Red Pajama whimper softly for his mama. Mama Llama hears the phone. Um, and so then we get this really terrifying shot of Llama Llama Red Pajama like listening quietly to his mom on the phone. And you don't know what she's doing. My notes say a family member her fantasy league, a telemarketer. Fantasy league. I don't know. I don't know what she does with her time. I'm very That's invested fair. in yeah, sure. wanting to know. You're right. The Occam's razor is that it's a PTA issue <laughs> that she has to, you know, organize a trip and round up, you know, thirty ch- like. String cheese sticks. Yeah, she has to make 60 brownies for a bake sale in the next 20 minutes. And she can't buy them because that's against the spirit of the thing. And yeah. Um, So then Llama Llama gets really upset, starts hollering, starts stomping and pouting, jumping and shouting. Can you read me? I think you got to read me some of this stuff about him hollering because it's pretty good. I will. I do want to point out. When you're reading to a kid, this is where your voice naturally picks up an intensity and and modulation to kind of convey how scared baby llama is. So to let to let you know how I think the visuals set this climax up and then I'll get into the language. The last like if you were to hold this book open, 
the last two-page spread where both characters are in the same image is when uh, Mama Lama goes downstairs. She leaves the bedroom. They're in the same image. And then the next several pages, they are on opposite pages from each other. They are separated by the crease of the book. Ooh. Yeah, right? Look at you. I know. Uh, applying some critical theory yeah, to this lava the, book. The, the form is mirroring <laughs> the narrative. Interesting. So, so then we get two pages with um, Llama Llama Red Pajama hollers loudly for his mama. Baby Llama stomps and pouts. Baby Llama jumps and shouts. And then we get the next, the first time we get another full spread is Llama Llama Red Pajama in the dark without his mama. Eyes wide open, covers drawn, dot, dot, dot. What if Mama Llama's gone? And it's this like dark, like almost charcoaly background of nothing behind him. He's got the blanket pulled up over his face. And where you might expect him to be balanced in the book by an image of Mama Lama, there's nothing. There's just the words and the question. Man, I'm really glad you're bringing all this stuff because normally I've got other things on my mind. <laughs> like I want to get to the next page where you get to Mama Lama red pajama weeping, wailing for his mama. Will his mama ever come? Mama Lama, run, run, run. <laughs> um, and you get like a little fun thing that's happening in the text is like some of the words get bold. Some of the words get bold and a color um, which, you know, it's fun to cue the reader to do something different and also, like, let's, you know, it's just visually interesting. Um, and then we get some pages focused mostly on Mama. She is was still on the phone, um, but she's a good Mama Llama, and so she is... We get, like, an image of her in stop motion, like, running. She's running up into the room, and then instantly she's kind of pissed <laughs> Well, because I think she can see nothing's wrong. Yeah, that's true. Because Baby Llama. When 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 your kid starts screaming, yes, you. I mean, your brain automatically goes to the worst possible place, and then when you find that the worst possible thing didn't happen, is a fun concoction of relief and anger, anger <laughs> true. about having been ratcheted all the way up like that yes because the when she's running she does look very worried and very scared and then she gets into the room and he's just sitting there on the bed so she says baby llama what a tizzy sometimes mama's very busy please stop all this llama drama and be patient for your mama and llama llama llama's very apologetic and look and then the message of the story i think little llama don't you know mama llama loves you so mama llama's always near even if she's not right here uh, and then she gives Llama Llama two kisses. And then finally, Baby Llama, you know, snuggles pillow soft and deep. Baby Llama goes to sleep. And the toy still looks very stressed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but Baby Llama is asleep and that's what's important. Yeah. So, like, you don't need to cause a fuss because she does love you. She isn't going anywhere. You can go to sleep. You know, it gives you uh, this opportunity to talk. You know, if if your kid is of the age where they can process some of the words and some of the language... You can talk about like, hey, even if I'm not in the room with you, I'm here. Even if like object permanence is a thing, Lama Lama. <laughs> and it doesn't affect how I feel about you if I say that I am busy like selling stocks if I'm day trading on the phone while I wash the dishes because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Mama Lama mm-hmm. and I'm hustling every day. She's short selling. Yeah. <laughs> insider trading. Trying to make a profit on orange sales or something, you know. Orange Baby futures. Lama, can't you see? I'm 
in deep with the SEC. <laughs> that's a, that's one thing I wanted to talk about with these books is that they all like all the lines always scan mm. perfectly, and absolutely even, perfectly. Even in a book, so there's a there's a, another book that's in our long that's on the long end of our book rotation called Monster ABC uh, that our friend Soph got us yes yes and it's great like the the illustrations are rules yeah it rules really hard it's about like de de scarifying monsters yes which is a great message yeah and making them cute and everyone has like it's every letter has its own monster and every monster has its own like rhyme and couplet but there are a couple lines in that book that don't scan right yeah yeah whenever i hit them it always it's a teachable moment. A it's a teachable, it's a teachable moment. It's it is a if the rest of the content is good, it is it is surmountable. But if the book, if the rest of the book or the art or whatever is mediocre, it's the fastest way to ruin a kid's book for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. like that, that's a good thing about uh, Fox and Socks or another. Um, it's not by Seuss, but it's like Seuss branded board book that we have called Hand Hand Fingers Thumb, which is about <laughs> a bunch of monkeys. Play- it's about a bunch of monkeys <laughs> playing on drums with their thumbs. Okay, sure. Millions of monkeys, millions of thumbs, millions of monkeys. It's like tapping on drums or whatever it is. One but of this, them the could do the solo good. from what is like Zeppelin, like some like Neil Peart solo. <laughs> yeah, if Neil you put Pert if you put a Led thousand, mo- well, no, you know, I changed it because I couldn't remember the Led Zeppelin song I wanted. I picked the guy from Rush, <laughs> but <laughs> a thousand monkeys on a thousand drums could probably do a Rush solo eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, given, I think given that's enough the time. musical equivalent. Um, but yeah, I love this book. It's adorable. I love Llama Llama. I want to know more about him. I want to know more about Mama Llama and what she's up to. I, I want to know like where she... Dad is. Well, so that's an interesting point. I don't know what the timeline is of her career, like how this overlaps with her career. Do I do know that she, uh, Mama Llamas. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't know much about Mama Llama's career. Um, I do know that Dudney's, uh, you, you know, she had two kids, but I do not believe that her... Uh, and her, you know, husband stayed together. Um, I think they split up at some point. So I don't know. I I can't say whether or not that happened before these books are, were written or not. But I'm sure some of her experience as, you know, raising her kids on her own for periods of time may have played a role in how she portrayed uh, Mama Llama. Sure. Um, it, at the very least, she talks about being a working parent in multiple interviews and that being a thing that's on her mind as she talks about putting kids to bed and like still having to go off and do stuff and like having other parts of your life going on and that's not just a thing that working parents do but it is a thing that like you have stuff that you were doing before you had I know you you talk about this all the time like you had stuff that you were doing before you had a kid (laughs) and you don't want to stop all of it so maybe mama llama has a podcast or three and she is like (laughs) setting up recordings uh, and she really needs her child to go to sleep so that she can you know hop on and talk about bones or whatever like this is important stuff baby llama can't you see god i hate audacity <laughs> yeah why don't you tell me about one of these other books so let's let's work our way up to to the to the llama llama madam ps de resistance clearly yes. the the peak of the additional llama llama books i read so uh 
Llama Llama loves to read, I think is a little bit later in the series. And so this one is not, it doesn't have quite the narrative through line. Okay. It's like it a is mostly, party. It, it is mostly about like secretly teaching you the alphabet and like numbers and stuff without you realizing you, the child realizing that you're being taught about numbers and the alphabet. Okay. Okay. Does that makes that's no, a, that, that's a brand of Yeah, that's like a, that's a genre of kid lit, I it's, think. It's it's the sneak the vitamin into the ice cream of books. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mama Lama learns at school, counting, writing, reading rules. And that's <laughs> learning about rules. It's not that those things are rules. reading rules. It's the comma placement gets sure, is sure, sure, sure. There. Friends in school, there's nothing better. Llama learning all the letters. Letters make a special set. That set is called the alphabet. Llama knows the first one, two, three. He can say them A, B, C. And then there's D and next an E. And on it goes to X, Y, Z. And it kind of goes on like that. Like you get some words. You see Llama Llama's other little friends. Mm, okay. Which is uh, dude needs kind of kind of expanding the Llama Llama universe. But it doesn't seem to have like an event or a feeling attached to it. No, right? there's not a thing where like Llama Llama is having trouble with a word or something and the book is about him overcoming. It's just Llama Llama's at school and he's wearing a very sort of Super Mario-esque like blue overalls and red shirt. Okay. Um, And he's just very happy to be at school and learning to read and hang out with his friends. Uh, lots of sentences. Take a look. Strung together. Make a book. Look inside. <laughs> oh, what glory. All those words have made a story. Llama reads so many things, fairy princess, pirate kings, shiny knights and dragon fights under seas and up great heights. Uh, yeah, and that's the book. It's it's very cute. Yeah, this seems like it's of a piece with the part of Llama Llama Red Pajama that is like, here's a book about a thing you're experiencing, like a, the meta aspect of <laughs> Llama Llama Red Pajama. Um, and this is like, you know, it's a book about reading. It's a book about how letters work. Like, well, I think... I think this one is specifically meant to be like a kid's first book to be to be read. Like it ends, school is over, the day is done. Llama had a lot of fun. Who can't wait to read to Mama? You're a reader, Llama Llama. Okay. And so because it's so focused on like letters and and short words and that kind of stuff, I think maybe it is... Like, what was your first book that you actually read yourself? I think mine was Green Eggs and Ham. It's possible it was a Seuss. Uh, it might have been One Fish, Two Fish, but I also know that I really liked Are You uh, Are You My Mother? Not, And I wish I yeah. could recite more of it, but I really liked that book growing up. We have that one in Henry's room, too, and if I thought I could get in there without waking him <laughs> up, I would go grab it. I think we might even have an extra copy of it around because of like someone we were going to give give it to as a gift already had it. So it's just like I love that book. That might be it. Um that's probably it. Those, you know, Seuss was so omnipresent that it's hard to know if you were just like sounding out sounds to Dr. Seuss cuz a video was on or something, you know. Um but yeah, yeah, th yeah this sounds are like you this sounds like a one like one you would give to a kid to try and read on their own, maybe after they'd well, already been read some Llama Llama. Right, yeah, like a kid who was always already invested in the Llama Llama series <laughs> and in, in the, his his adventures. The yeah. Llama Llama CU, the LLCU. Mm -hmm. Next so, up, yeah, so Llama Llama Grandma and Grandpa is more in the Grom and Grandpa. Excuse me, Grom and Grandpa is 
more in the vein of the, of the first one where it takes a specific like kid experience or a kid fear or a couple of them. And over the arc of the story, it's about encountering and like resolving that fear. So Love Lama it. Lama, big, big day. It's a first, a special stay. Pack up clothes and PJs tight. Lama's going overnight. Who will take good care of Lama? Lama Lama's grandma and grandpa. Bag and fuzzy in the car. Buckle up. The drive seems far. Hugs and kisses. Big hellos. Mama loves you. Off she goes. And I think Mama's going to go get drunk with her college friends or something like i bet mom yes gonna gonna get going going on the town she's got she's she is qualified for a poker tournament (laughs) she has some hold'em to to win she's in the wsop she's gonna bring home the college fund I love Mama Llama. I'm into a glass it. of milk, a yummy snack. Now it's time to go unpack. Mama's picture in a frame, different, also just the same. Oh, take out socks and pants. Take out socks and pants and book. Put the jammies on the hook, and they are red, of course. Yeah. Well, feeling strange away from Mama. Oh no, where's Fuzzy Llama? Oh, crap. So the, oh, the two crap. the two things that are being dealt with are one. So, well, I mean, the whole it, the whole theme is separation anxiety, right? Yeah, like one yeah, yeah, is being yeah. away from Mama Llama overnight for the first time. Yes. And the second is you forgot your lovey at home. Yep. Or in the car or something. It's not here. And like the hope was the lovey was going to provide some sort of emotional band-aid to the separation anxiety from Mama. And Llama Llama just doesn't understand that she has things to do. She's a woman about town. Um <laughs> And she's been working on this, like, on this evening since she had Llama Llama. Like, this is the one where she's going to have a good time. And he just doesn't understand. That's okay. He's a yeah. baby llama. So Llama Llama, llama, llama doesn't want to tell Grandma and Grandpa what is going on. Like, I don't oh, think he wants no. to make a big deal about it, which is another kid thing. Um, so he has a nice time. Like, he works with Grandpa in his workshop. And he, he you know, works with Grandma in the garden. Um, and they have a nice time. They have, they cook a dinner that's a little bit different from what he's used to, but it's very tasty. I like it. And I like so it. He, he eats a lot of it, which is another kid thing. Yep. Um, and they finally get to bed, and Llama Llama is starting to cry a little bit. Llama Bedtime. dear, uh, finish books and get a kiss. Llama dear, now what is this? Llama's lips begin to quiver. Llama starts to shake and shiver. Llama needs his fuzzy near, but fuzzy llama isn't here. And they're doing the same sort of uh, the the treatment. Stuff. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Stuff. And Grandpa is like, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got this. And he goes and he comes back and he says, when Grandpa was a little boy, he also had a special toy. Bigger, little, young or old, a llama needs someone to hold, and he's giving him his own little fuzzy llama. Shout out who's to Grant. Shout out to Grandpa Llama, man. Yeah, who, yeah, who's dressed up in his own little stripy jammies? Yes. The little llama doll is a grandma kiss, a grandpa hug, feeling cozy, settled, snug. Llama Llama's not alone. This is home, away from home, and he goes to sleep with his new little fuzzy llama. Yo, that's good. Yeah, right. Like it, it's about it's about doing it's about trying new things. It's about separation anxiety. It is about um needing to feel at home, like bringing that yes. little piece of home with you and being able to grab onto that as you experience new things and having it make new things easier. Well, in in the way that like, you know, you 
you go through grade school and maybe you move a couple times, maybe you don't. And I was someone who did not. And so like going away for school was like very interesting and very cool. And then you live a whole part of your life where you're like, ah, whatever. I'd settle down places. Not being in my like a bed and like being in a hotel is like cool because it's different. But like kids don't know that. Yeah, kids don't know. Kids need to be in their bed. They have so few things they can call their own well, and, and so you, little you control over the day. You eventually come back around to... Like, yeah, that's true. I would just like... This hotel shower is fine. The water pressure is stripping the top layer of my skin off. But it's not mine. And I don't, and I don't mind it. But I do want to take a shower in my shower at home that yes. I need to... Sp- that I need to take some of the bleach spray too, honestly. <laughs> right now, I just need scrubbed pretty good. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. Andrew, Andrew needs a shower. I'm just at, gonna. I'm not gonna help you. At a reasonable hour. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I like. I'm on board with that. I'm, what I also like about children's books are the ways that they can introduce a a good parenting or you know circle of parenting. It takes a village style tactic into the mix. Like I am probably gonna. I'm gonna try to remember the grandparents should have their own special lovey for just such an occasion. Mm-hmm. Like that seems like a good move. That should be yeah. ready for you when you need it. Like right now, Henry is not quite imprinted on a lovey yet. No, but no, he no, does no. have three identical sloth <laughs> loveys. <laughs> and so our, our, that's our plan is to get him liking that one so we can easily cycle them out or replace them if they're if they're lost. And, yes. and yeah, if I imagine his grandparents will each get a sloth lovey if we successfully imprint That is him. important. That is important. Okay, the big finish. Tell me about Baby, uh, Llama Llama Mad at Mama. Llama Llama Mad at Mama. Oh, no. I'm so in Mama Llama's corner that I'm going to be mad at Llama Llama if this goes poorly. But you but you do like Llama Llama I also. do. Like, I Llama, like Llama Llama, Llama has also. very relatable kid problems. Yes. And he, he means well. Like, he's not trying to to get upset it's just he's a little he's just a little boy and you know llamas just don't understand is really llamas what just don't understand. Yeah. llama llama having fun blocks and puzzles in the sun time to shop it's saturday llama llama wants to play first the shopping then a treat mama llama gets the seat llama dreaming in the car wake up wake up here we are wait is llama llama in a car seat yeah that's so cool. With Fuzzy Llama, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I like it. Uh, and he's it's a front-facing car seat, so from that we can infer certain things about how much Baby Llama weighs <laughs> and how old he is. And about the role of government in the Llama Llama universe <laughs> and you know, health regulations for cars. Great big building, great big signs, lots of aisles, lots of lines. Llama Mom, Llama Llama out with Mama shopping at the Shoparama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great, great and so, work. And so this is about Llama Llama getting taken on a shopping trip with mom. What is the and particular anxiety or distress or unpleasant emotion that Llama Llama is working through? So this one's sort of about delayed gratification. Okay, right? like great. We, we need to run our errands and then after that we can have a treat. 
we have to exist under capitalism, Lama Lama. <laughs> we mm-hmm. can't. We have to go get things and pay people money for them uh, in exchanges of wages and labor, and then we can come home and and hang. Um, so they're they're doing grocery shopping and I think also clothing shopping. Like I think the oh, Shoprama must be no. sort of a Walmart supercenter sort of thing, like a Target sort of perhaps. Yeah, cl- yes, clearance sales and discount buys. What is Little Llama's size? Try it on and take it off. Pull and wiggle, ish and cough. And Baby Llama is making a very upset face in this, as I'm sure any kid who has ever had to try on clothes at a store for their parents has encountered. Yes, bad news. Bad news. Um, so baby llama is just slowly getting more and more frustrated with this whole experience. Shirts and jackets, pants and shoes. Does the sweater come in blue? Brand new socks and underwear? Llama llama does not care. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy puffs and Odie crunch. What would llama like for lunch? Llama llama doesn't know. Llama llama wants to go. <laughs> yes. Not even not even food will solve this problem, which usually right. like fo- food helped in the last book. She's been promised a treat. Lo- loaf of bread and cream of wheat. Llama Llama wants his treat. It's no fun at Shoporama. Llama Llama mad at Mama. <laughs> so this is the emotional climax of the book. Llama Llama gets very upset. He starts throwing stuff out of the cart. He's making a big fuss about everything. And then Mama Mama Llama lays down the law. But she does it, it as she does in Llama Llama Red Pajama. She does it in a way that is sympathetic to his needs and the way that he is feeling. Please stop fussing little llama. No more of this llama drama. I think shopping's boring too, but at least I'm here with you. Mm. Let's see if we can make this fun and get the llama shopping done. Let's be a team at Shoparama. Llama llama shops with mama. Can we gamify shopping? Llama mama llama says. So they clean up the mess, uh, push the cart with mama llama instead of riding in it. Smart, smart. Shoparama. Time to leave. The shopping's done. No more waiting. Time for fun. Out to parking. Not too far. Where did Mama leave the car? Oh, no. Uh, so they leave Shoparama. Snap the buckle. Grab the box. Put on brand new shoes and socks. Say goodbye to Shoparama. Mama Llama loves his mama. And it's a very nice little illustration of the two of them eating ice cream and holding hands. Like doing things together becomes the solution Yeah. today to that problem. That's mm-hmm. cool. Is there anything um, when you remember going grocery shopping as a kid is there anything that you recall as like treats that would get you through or habits that made it not bad i mean for a while there was at the uh so my mom worked at everything's a dollar which was the dollar store in a local mall okay okay. and it wasn't like a thing where we would like that was a ritual every time we went grocery shopping we'd swing by everything's a dollar but they sold these like I don't even remember what they were called. Like they were these boxes of sour candies that had each one had a toy inside it. Ooh. And there you could get like a little like a fake Lego minifig or like a fake Hot Wheels. Yes. Or I think there was some other more like girly oriented box too, because it's like nineteen ninety one and so everything is very very gender coded. Yes. Yeah, but the, whatever. Um and so those were frequently given out as like rewards for being good at errands or just like it's time to get the kids something because they cost a buck and the candy was <laughs> fine. Yeah. And of the course. toys were fine. That's good. And you could play with them with their with your Legos and just because they were a little bit bigger and couldn't hold any of the same stuff, it didn't really ruin the fun of it. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I remember we had a 
like a local grocery store chain called Gennardi's um, that I think is that since... sounds like a combination of like three different Midwestern stores uh-huh. that I'm aware of. Um, it's like Menards but Italian. <laughs> Uh-huh. But groceries. I think yeah. it was a family. You know, it was a family name. Like the business started with some, you know, dude in a wagon or something. But, um, and my mom and I would go there shopping a lot. Um, sometimes my grandma was with us when she was with us. Uh, but I remember getting a Hot Wheels car. Not every time, but sometimes. Um, those individual animal crackers boxes. You know, the ones that look. Like it's animals like in a circus cage. Yeah, like it's a yeah. little circus like train car yes, or something. Yes. Like a super humane <laughs> definitely really humane way to keep all these animals. <laughs> Good way that to would think about animals. Eating each other in the wild. It's just all um, in one space. Sometimes yeah. you'd get one of those if you ask nicely. Um there was the like dessert counter, like the cake counter part of like the fresh food section. And they had a book that had the fancy cakes that you could order in it. And some of them were like themed around a cartoon or something. So I just remember spending lots so of time at the cakes. just thumbing through the cake book. Dreaming. Um, dreaming. <laughs> I never got <laughs> one of them. Um, and then occasionally we'd go up to the deli counter and you could get like a, like a piece of cheese. Just like a taste of cheese mm-hmm. um, that they would slice off for you, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually what kept me in line at the Genardi's. By the time the Acme opened up, uh, I was old enough that I was like buying weird computer games from the Acme. Was, <laughs> you know, like you do. That's you could, like, rent, you could I, I, rent Nintendo games from that Genardi's now that I think about it, which was pretty dope. See, we that's we did that from our public library. That was our oh, weird sure. place where you could rent Nintendo games. I love it. I love it. But it was like a dollar for a week. It wasn't none of this blockbuster, like two or three days for a weekend or Ew. whatever. Yeah. Ew. Um, yeah. I mean, the reason they have all those candy bars at checkout, there are like three yeah. different reasons: one, to tempt adults; <laughs> two, to make adults and kids get into fights; and three. So adults can say to kids, if we get to the end, we can you can pick something. Yes. So shut Important. Up. Important. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. Um, well, great. I'm glad that we got to talk about this rad llama and his cool mama. And his cool mama. Um, I'm very mama llama single. <laughs> we talk. Maybe it's possible. You and I are both married, so maybe we just need to set mama llama up with somebody. Mama Llama, Mama Llama, <laughs> Mama Llama, newly single. Mama ma- Mama Llama likes Time to, mingle. to mingle. Time yeah. to mingle. Mama, <laughs> Mama Llama, Mama Llama. This guy would like to get on ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's your verse on like the new you know Hot 100 track. Um, well, if they start doing like Llama Llama YA or something, just for like older oh, people yes. who grew up with Llama Llama, you know. Yes, when the eventual Mama Llama movie comes out, mm-hmm. um, that'll happen when all of the kids have disposable income. What's disposable income? Anyway, Andrew, thanks for what is income. <laughs> what is income? Thanks for telling me about these books. Thanks for giving me an hour where I could think about a cool animal and not the crappy raccoon in my wall. What um, if it's a llama in there? God, I would love it if it was a llama instead. Oh, there's just a just big dirty animal in there. I know it. 
Oh God. I'm really sorry. They told me they they the man listened to a recording and then told the woman on the phone who was talking to me that it sounded like an adolescent raccoon. And I just I know it's I want to make a lot of jokes about it being a teenager, but I'm just so mad about it. Like I can't you, get to you, that place. You will get there. You will get there. In a week or two when it's gone, you'll be able to get there. That I mean, my experience in the field of IT and how I could hear somebody describe a problem and be able to narrow down, like based on very long set experience with yes. lots of problems, what that specific problem was, how many raccoons <laughs> of different ages in different places has this guy heard that you can send him a bad recording you made with your phone and he knows what it is within five seconds? Yeah, dude. What has his life been like? <laughs> well, I'm going to find out tomorrow hopefully and i'll report back um if folks want to email us their favorite board books or tell us about a cool llama that they know they can send us an email at overduepod at gmail.com you can hit us up on social media facebook.com slash overdue pod and twitter.com slash overdue pod thanks to Psyduck, katie lynn grace tessa mbk leanne kelly rebecca Catherine, gloria tom soul dion alisa casey and many more for reaching out in the past week um, it lifts our spirits and lets us know what y'all like about the show. Andrew, if folks want to know more, where should they go? Overduepodcast.com is the website. Up there we have links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and our RSS feed. We are also available on Stitcher and Spotify and pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, get new episodes when they come out on Monday. Uh, sometimes we release bonus episodes on other days. So, you know, don't miss one. Yeah, we just did Encyclopedia Brown Boy Detective. Go check it out. Uh, we also have links to uh, our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash overdue pod. Uh, help support the show monetarily, and we can buy more Llama Llama books and equipment and hosting and all the other things that a podcast needs to run. Uh, we also have a new listener page you can use if you're getting into the show. Uh, these are episodes that we are particularly happy with. We're probably, once again, due for another update, so we can uh, we talk about that off off the air. Um, you can also check out our current long reads project, Hellboys, um, which has been running for a little while, and our newly announced long reads project, Genie Babies, <laughs> where we will be reading uh, some of the tales from A Thousand and One Nights, um, or the Arabian Nights, as or you the may Arabian know Nights, it. yes. Yeah. Um, and we'll be posting those uh, first. On our Patreon, so again, patreoncom pod. But then, after you know the exclusive period ends, they will hit the main feed. Um, and we did; it's not up on; it'll be up on the website, you know, probably tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this. But we did post our May schedule, so it's Llama Llama Red Pajama. Uh, next week is My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry by Frederick Backman. Then after that, Orlando: A Biography by Virginia Woolf, and then Unaccustomed Earth by Humpa Lahiri, uh, and then the Hellboys episodes that you have not heard yet will come out as well. So keep an eye out for that. That's all I got, Andrew. All right, everybody. May your walls remain free of animals. And until we talk to you next time, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.